You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Monday edition. And wow, what a Sunday of NFL football and Saturday it was. And we're going to have a Tuesday of football with double the Monday night, too. So uh, a lot has changed, Matt, since last we spoke. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson here with you once again at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Get your Twitter questions in for later on in the week. There's only one day without football now, which is Wednesday, before we get into week 16 in that Thursday night game. So uh, this is going to be a fun week here, Matt, and uh, we're going to keep breaking down games all the way until the Wednesday morning show. Um, I think we have to start with the game we got the most wrong, and surprisingly enough, uh, and we'll get to this game as well, but the Lions-Cardinals was maybe the game most people got that the most wrong. We got Saturday's Colts-Patriots game, I think, the most wrong here, right? Because a 27-17 win for the Colts over the Patriots, uh, and, and we are both very confident with that line and taking the points and taking those New England Patriots on the road, but Jonathan Taylor doing what he does, and the Patriots had no answer for it. No, you're 100% right, and boy, it's funny. I mean, like you, you opened the show by saying, boy, a lot's changed since we talked last. It was only Friday that you and I talked. And, <laughs> right. We only slept twice you know, since then. It wasn't, you know, five weeks ago. And yeah, everything has kind of been turned on its head. It wasn't a wonderful slate of games yesterday, but still, I mean, there's a lot that's changed, <laughs> including this one. Like, this seems like it was a week ago. I, I mean, because so many things have happened between now and then. I feel like I don't remember this game as much as I should, but I do want to give the Colts a lot of credit. They're absolutely not dead yet. The Titans lost, but I mean, I don't know if they can catch the Titans, but Colts just keep winning and beating good teams. They're going to somehow get in the playoffs as division winners or uh, wild card team, and they're going to be a tough, tough out. And I think a lot of people are rooting for these guys, like myself included, in that you watch this new in-season hard knocks, it's pretty easy to root for Taylor and Leonard and Reich and these guys and Buckner and Wentz, you know, so you start to get a little bit of a connection there. And they took care of business early, really controlled this game from the start. But I actually thought the Patriots might come back and win this thing. I kind of felt like if they if you could play one more quarter, this thing would have evened out. And um, Taylor's, the sh- I mean, the star of the show, though. I mean, he's the best back in the league. And it's just a dominant player that put up huge numbers yet again, even against a tough opponent. I mean, Wentzley completed five passes. I didn't realize it was that low. <laughs> I know. And when you look at the box score, you think, no way did uh, the with the Carson Wentz passing performance with an interception on top of it going 5 of 12, no way the Colts won this football game. And they did, and they right. won it fairly easily. And uh, on the back of Jonathan Taylor, 29 carries, 170 yards and a touchdown, a big back-breaking run late in the game. And what's somewhat unfair and upsetting when you really think about it and you sit down and think about it is Jonathan Taylor has zero chance to win the league MVP this year even after the performance that Tom Brady uh, put out on on Sunday Night Football because last year I was reminded of this and Titans fans will remember that Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 yards last year and didn't sniff the MVP right it wasn't close it's a quarterback the bar which is which is wrong but that's the way it is so if it's not Brady it's gonna be Rodgers probably yeah, you're probably right. And Brady didn't help his cause last night either. That's for sure. We'll get to him, I'm sure. Yes. Um, I made it sound like Taylor dominated this game from the start. 
because he had 29 t- carries for 170 yards. But but you're right. I mean, 67 of that came when they were totally loading the box. And if you get past the first layer of defense, you mm-hmm. take it to the house. So it skews things a little. But still, I'm not pulling it, taking anything away from Taylor. I think Mac Jones's performance was interesting because I got a lot of, especially through the first half. Yeah. This guy's just a game manager. The game has to go perfectly for him. He's just a dink and dunker. But as the game went on, I thought he's starting to feel his oats. And I mean, remember, he's a rookie. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady or a great player, but he threw the ball 45 times and he got them back into it. I mean, was it always beautiful? No. But, you know, the, it, he's more than just a product of the system and a game manager and all the little, you know, cliches we throw out there. He's exactly who we thought he was. He yeah, right, got, right. He just got there quickly, right? And yeah, and you can start to see some of the it's like, oh, the drive throws and maybe, yeah, and you can see where physically why maybe he wasn't thought of as a top three pick, even though he started off uh, pretty well for his rookie season. There were times, oh, Niners screwed up. They should have got him number three. It's like, oh, w- w- let, let's let this thing play out. And, and I think right, we have a right. pretty good idea of who Mac Jones is. I have no clue who any of the other rookie quarterbacks are right now, though, because it's just so up and down. We'll see one on the Monday Night Football here um, with uh, Justin Fields going up against the Vikings. But just to uh, close the door on this game, the Colts defense as well coming up big. Not only yeah. do they run the ball well to the tune of 226 yards, because Jonathan Taylor wasn't the only guy running the ball there. Wentz even got in the action, carried it eight times in that game. But they stuffed the Patriots' run. So uh, I, I think just both sides of the ball, uh, a complete game there. And when you have a quarterback that's completing five of 12 passes and go win a football game easily, I think that says a lot about the rest of that team. Offensive line can carry those Indianapolis Colts, and uh, the defense is, is pretty good and playing a lot better. And, and look, they lost the three first the first three games of the season, and they've been 8-3 and three since then. They've won 7 of 9. Like, this team is on a roll and playing good football. So I guess um, we should start treating them like a, the good football team that they are right now in the Colts. Was it too little, too late? Probably to win the division, but they're, they're looking like they're going to find their way into the tournament now. I think so. I mean, they're definitely one of the best seven teams in the AFC, of course. We know that's not the... Uh, parameters for getting in. They might be the one of the best two or three. Um, last note on the Colts, and worries me a little because I think this is something that needs to be addressed in the offseason. When Pittman and Duggar, I think it was Duggar, yeah, who's a good young player too, they got in that fight, both got ejected. The Colts, well, I thought the Patriots changed how they played at that point, and not that Pittman's Jerry Rice, but he's clearly their number one receiver, and all of a sudden it was like, who scares us in the passing game when he was out? You know, so that's right. the T.Y. Hilton's of the world are fine for spot duty, but they need to find one more receiver or maybe their playoff run will look kind of like the, uh, you know, the Ravens in the past years or so. A little too one dimensional. Yeah. Well, and even even until that happened, Pittman only caught one of five targets. It wasn't early right, in the game right. when he got kicked out either. There's, there's zero wide receivers on the Colts that caught more than one pass in that game. I didn't realize it was that low, but that makes sense when you only complete five. Only complete five, yeah. Hey, oh, <laughs> hey Wentz, Wentz spread it around. <laughs> All right, uh, we got to get off of this game. But anyways, uh, very interesting there in the AFC. Colts only one game behind the Patriots, by the way, in overall record. And the Patriots are still the two seed right now in the AFC. Okay, uh, let's move it along to some other games here. And, and we sort of teased a couple of them. Let's go to that big uh, just upset and a blowout of an upset 
the, the Detroit Lions winning their second game of the season. No longer hold if the season ended today. The number one pick in the NFL draft would be the Jaguars now. Uh, that's going to be fun down the, la- down the stretch the last three games with uh, the Jags, Texans, and Lions in, in that seeding for uh, the top pick. And the Lions could really use Aiden Hutchinson right there in the home state of Michigan. So they, they I don't know if it's smart for them to screw it up, but I think winning football games is still ultimately more important. And... They beat the team that had the best record in the NFC coming in. The Arizona Cardinals now at 10 and 4, the Lions 2 11 and 1. 30 to 12 was the final here, Matt. I, I, nobody saw this coming, so I'm not going to ask you if you saw it coming. I I didn't and I I covered my butt a little bit on Friday. I told everyone I did that post-game Steelers TV thing and my schedule was not normal. So I apologize. I'm not as in-depth on these games as I'd like to be, but Detroit jumped all over them quickly. I, I mean, that was the key to me was they got to play with a lead. They're very, very physical. I thought Goff from what I saw played extremely well. I mean, it's easy to kind of brush him off like, ah, he'll be a backup. I mean, there's talent there. And when things are going well, that offense is coming around. It starts with an O-line. We've talked about St. Brown here and there is, you know, a foundational player. But you could I can't believe that they're putting 30 up against the Cardinals without DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. You know, I mean, Craig Reynolds yeah. is running behind big holes. You know, I mean, <laughs> their two best guys are out. Uh, we got two different guys named Reynolds that uh, th- that were doing big things. One of them, Josh, one of them, Craig, one in the passing game, one in the running game. Jermar Jefferson working in there in the backfield. And Munra St. Brown really looking like a solid starting number two type of wide receiver for them going forward. I think they still need to find more of a number one type for whoever their future quarterback is. But you're right. Jared Goff played a good game here. Um, they just played sound football all around. And, and that just bodes really well for the coaching staff there getting things right and and uh, at home playing good football, complimentary football, and winning a football game. Uh, Jared Goff, 21 of 26 for 216 yards and three touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over. And uh, there's, I mean, this is what's funny is now you get people calling for Cliff Kingsbury's jobs at 10 and 14. <laughs> A 7.6 QBR for Kyler Murray going 23 of 41 with a touchdown and an interception. Uh, Alex Clancy, the host of Locked on Cardinals, one of those hosts, and his co-host Bo Brock does not agree with him, but he he wanted Cliff fired last year, so I think this maybe stems from that. But um, yeah, uh, they're, they're stumbling at the wrong time at the end of the year here, those Cardinals are, where some other teams around the league seem to be getting stronger as we head toward the playoffs and um it's just gonna make uh, january all that much more fun i think yeah and again I, I need to watch this game again i'm not sure if i'm ready to say cardinals fans it's time to be worried but my ears are open to such a thing i mean especially considering keeping up with dallas and green bay and the rams and you know i'm in the top teams in that conference and and just looking at this game you would think oh, Detroit must have blown them out in the turnover battle. You know, the Cardinals must have been much more heavily penalized. Um, And it really wasn't the case. You know, like the team stats are kind of equal. I mean, turnovers, one-to-one, time of possession is pretty close. Yards for play is exactly the same. You know, like it it wasn't like bad luck from Arizona, you know, just handing them the game. I mean, right. No, they, they, the lions beat them straight up and uh, sort of following this game and watching it on, um, on red zone and seeing the score, 
not get closer that you would expect in the second half <laughs> right, from the Cardinals. Right. They, just, they just kept 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 running the ball in the second half and, and beat them and just played a, played a really good game. So took it to them. Yep, that is that. That's what makes football so fun. And the league loves parity. And those Cardinals go drop from one to the four seed currently now in the NFC, tied at ten and four with the Bucks and Cowboys. Uh, the Packers with a big win now are the first team to clinch their division. More on a lot of those teams and a lot of those games coming up. You might listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track. You might switch to our friends at Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for only $30 a month per line so your family can share all the insights. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. I don't think I'm even on the speed of 5G right now. Maybe I, it's time to switch to Boost Mobile and find out what that's all about. With all the money you'll save and all that edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Matt, do you still have your makeup on? How did TV go on Sunday with your <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, I want the game breakdown, but I want the, the TV breakdown as well. How did it go on TV? And am I going to lose you? Are they going to throw big money at Matt Williamson to get him on the air full time on those TV airwaves in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I uh, you know, put an offer in on a Lamborghini and a Ferrari. I'm not sure which one I'm going to go with. You know, I mean, I think stardom is right around the corner. This is going to skyrocket me to a national level. You'll see my face everywhere. I don't know. No, it was fun. <laughs> it, was, it was an hour of my life behind the camera, in front of the camera. I always say that wrong. Um, with a, a, a dude that I know pretty well who led the whole parade, and I just said things while we'd cut the – it's just so – it's just so different than what we do. Like I, I'm used to talking a half hour at a time. You know, I used to do locked on NFL alone. If you talk for more than like a minute and a half, they're like, we got to go, you know? So it was very right. different for me. Um, but all in all, it was a raging success, but to me, it just messed with my routine and I didn't like it. Cause I had to put a, put a tie on and travel and be in the car while games are going on. And I'm like, I know I'm missing stuff. It's making me crazy. <laughs> We mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, a box score not really matching up with which team won a football game, and uh, this is definitely one of those with Roethlisberger not throwing oh. one into the end zone. 16 of 25 passing, only 148 yards. Najee Harris, one and a half yards per carry, 12 carries for 18 yards in this game. How did the Pittsburgh Steelers come out on top with a 19-13 win, Matt? This is bad football. I mean, this is a classic meeting between teams that are average on a good day, probably below average. Everything is really hard on offense. I mean, this kind of sums it up is there were two touchdowns in this game. Both of them were one yard plunges by the quarterback, just falling into the end zone and then a bunch of field goals. And really all you need to know was pretty bad NFL football, ugly football, but the whole difference was the Steelers turned them over four times and didn't turn the ball over. I mean, that that's the whole – I mean, here, here's here's what sums it up. I mean, the Steelers won the turnover battle four to nothing and still only 
had the ball 20 minutes as opposed to like 40 minutes for the Titans. I mean, they still got wow. run on, you know, long drives. Then eventually they get a turnover midfield and maybe get a field goal out of it. I mean, pretty bad showing all in all. Steelers D was good and we're putting a lot of tough compromise yeah, you know, situation. When you see that time of possession, you see Dante Foreman, 22 carries for 108 yards. You say, what the heck? You know, how does yeah, that team right, right. lose a game? Because they only gotten uh, the end zone one time at 13 points. Um, a lot of folks are blaming Ryan Tannehill here. It's hard for me to do that when you mm. when you lose Julio Jones, and you've missed him a lot. You've missed AJ Brown a lot. He's still not back. Derrick Henry is so huge for this team. He's been gone for a while now, and it's just been a non functional offense since all those guys have been out. And it's hard to put it all in a quarterback when you're throwing to. Chester Rogers and hand the ball off to Dante Foreman and Jeremy McNichols and Anthony Fersker's involved and in, you know one of your leading receivers there. So uh, Tannehill hasn't played well and he hasn't elevated the team, but man, maybe that's just too much to ask. Yeah, it, it frankly is because I mean, even Julio, like I love Julio, but he was ruled out. He came back from a hamstring injury last week, played like thirty snaps, whatever. Plays this game and looked okay. Ruled out at halftime with a hamstring. I mean, week one is the only game in a Titans uniform that Julio has played 75% of the snaps or more. Like, he he can't even be factored in the equation anymore. I mean, Westbrook Akine was their top receiver, and by far, you know what I mean? Like, by far. Him and Foreman are decent players, but they're not exactly A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. And the Titans O-line is built to run block, and they did that well. But, I mean, they had a real hard time with Watt and Hayward and those guys. I, I don't blame Tannehill. It, it, you know, I, I, his stock is obviously down over this last month or so, but I don't look at him tremendously different than I did a year ago. He's really in a bind. But this team could be good at the end of the year. They get their guys back. A.J. Brown tweeting out during the game. He's like, man, this sucks. <laughs> Basically, he's like, I, I missed this. This is hard not playing. And, uh, yeah, with the with the story that Derrick Henry could be coming back, they might be trouble. But right now, uh, they're not in a good place. And I wouldn't imagine they're healthier on a short week Thursday night coming up this week than they are right now. Luckily, they don't have to travel no. for that game, and they can be at home for that. But, man, uh, look out because the Colts are coming. They're only a game back. And in Week 16, they could tie them up. But – Titans beat the Colts twice already this year and have that tiebreaker. So that does help them because essentially the Colts have to be a full game ahead of them after 18 if they want to win that division. Um, Titans Niners this week, right? Yep, Titans Niners. Oh, man, I'm going to send you all my my, my scouting reports. Oh, good, yeah. Yeah, Tell me about Westbrook Akine. There you go. I'll send you all my scouting stuff from this game, and you can use it and add one game to the mix. And, I mean – they're going to have a real hard time with the Niners. I can promise you that if they're anything like this. Much more on that game as we uh, head toward week 16. But let's get to those 49ers who came out big on top of the Atlanta Falcons in week 15. And it was a, it was a pretty easy win. It was a, it was a good team Seemed against like a, a team that we had wondered, Matt. Look, they were 32 in DVOA, near the bottom in both offense and defense. I don't know how they had mustered six wins because you watch this team play. And they've got Matt Ryan and nothing else. The the 49ers yeah, yeah. dominated both lines of scrimmage in this football game, which was pretty much the end of it there. And then some big players on the 49ers team making some big plays, George Kittle and Debo, and um, and that's really all it took. They, there was zero pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo all game long. He was hyper-efficient, 18 of 23 for 235 yards and a passing touchdown, a 123.7 rating. 
and uh, Jeff Wilson, 21 carries, 110 yards, and a touchdown. Just exactly how you draw it up for Kyle Shanahan. Get in, get out, a very easy win, handling a team that you're better than at home. I don't even know if we have to talk much about this one. Yeah, and again, you, you're on top of it, much like I was with the Steelers. That's what I saw, too. Winning at both lines of scrimmage, business trip. Um, the second half, the cream really came to the top, and you start dominating the game, even though it was kind of close at halftime. But, you know, one team can run the ball, the other can't. You know, I mean, you know, so – it's kind of cut and dry what happened. Right. A yeah, much it, better team wins, and they probably win nine out of ten times with this formula. Hey, look, I, if there was Julio or AJ Brown, you looking ahead, you get worried about the 49ers because they got a rookie out there in Ambry Thomas who's just not ready for prime time. And by the end of the game, the Falcons' offense was all right. Matt Ryan, where's number twenty? I'm just going to chuck it up deep and hope Russell Gage makes a play. And they did have a touchdown pass that way, and, and they were even lining up um, Kyle Pitts outside as a wide receiver on number twenty. Ambry Thomas, and, and, and he was pulling down a couple of balls here and there, and they were just kind of chucking up on the rookie, and uh, they even got um, Josh Norman on the other side with Zacchaeus on a long play, but that's all they had, because they couldn't run the ball, and they said, well, let's just chuck it and hope for something good to happen, and uh, they just didn't have the bullets, and the 49ers match up so well, because they're strong up the middle, and um, Fred Warner had a really good game, and, uh, and and that's where the strength of the Atlanta team is right now, so you know, Cordero Patterson, 1.6 yards per carry on his 11 carries, and they did a really good job on Pitts. Most of his Work came on the outside against cornerbacks. So, um, yeah, that was just a that was a, a good team beating a team that's now out of it for the Falcons and the Niners looking very good in that sixth seed in the NFC. Quick question. I mean, I think the Falcons D just doesn't have players, but mm-hmm. how much different would you think the perception and production would be for Atlanta if they had Calvin Ridley? I think it would open up everything else at least. And if you look at the statistics and just how the offense has been with and without Julio in the past for Matt Ryan, he's a pretty average, you know, solid quarterback without him. And when he's with him, he's a a star quarterback. And it's not quite to the extreme, but it's the same. When I was researching this game, it was the same numbers, but just not quite as extreme with Calvin Ridley. When he's in the game, they're a really good offense and a good team. and, And Matt Ryan's numbers are really good. And when he's out, it's just pretty average. And, and that's what yeah. we're seeing. And Matt Ryan looks okay in this game, despite being under pressure and the and the the his offensive line getting dominated by the 49ers defensive line. No run game. He still ended up with a 92.7 rating and had a touchdown. Didn't turn the ball over, but you, you felt bad for him. And it's like, come on, can we get Matt Ryan in Pittsburgh and at least have one good team out of that combination of <laughs> rosters? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, he can still play. I mean, like Cordero Patterson's come back to earth. Pitts gets too much attention, but Ridley would make those things a little better. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, it would change a lot. They would still not be good because on defense, they just don't have the bullets. They, right, they need right, a lot right. on defense. It's, it's A.J. Terrell and, you know, Deion Jones. That's about it. Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett's not the same guy. And even Deion Jones no, not playing right, level right. he once was. That's with the 49ers fumbling the opening kickoff and the, and the Falcons getting the ball in their territory and then go uh, and go four and out. The Niners stopped them t- three times <laughs> on fourth down in the red zone. And they still weren't a yep. threat. Huh? Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on. More games to get to. I want to talk about Sunday night football and Tom Brady getting shut out for the first time since 2006. Next. Tons of new holiday flavors at Built.com like... Eggnog? Eggnog Built Bars? Yeah, Eggnog Built Bars. Caramel Macchiato, white chocolate cheesecake, uh, tons of other flavors. You can get a Coconut Lovers box. Uh, that is not the box I would personally order, but yeah, give me that eggnog. That sounds really interesting. Uh, Caramel Macchiato as well, covered in 100% delicious 
chocolate. Uh, if you don't want chocolate, though, you go Caramel Almond Delight. That one is not covered in chocolate, just like Lemon Cheesecake is not covered in chocolate. So there's some options out there if you are not a chocolate lover. But one thing all of those flavors have in common, they are delicious and healthy. The best of both worlds. High in protein, but low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, and low in fat. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Think you have an edge on the house when it comes to NFL lines? Well, Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before as football season continues to march toward the playoffs. You've got college football championships coming, NFL playoffs in January, and of course, the Super Bowl coming in February. And not only NFL, football, college football, you've got pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. You want to play blackjack, you want to play poker, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers at betonline.ag, which remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. Again, promo code Locked On at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We talked about how much it changed just since Friday. One of the first things that changed, Matt, uh, aside from the schedule and games getting moved to Monday and Tuesday because of COVID, is Saints head coach Sean Payton testing positive for COVID, and he was not there for this game, and I'm surprised as heck that it didn't matter at all. Not only did it not matter, well, I mean, offensively, maybe it mattered a little bit because the Saints only mustered nine points, but how about holding Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense to zero points, 255 straight games. Tom Brady has put points on the board, and that streak ended in prime time on Sunday night football, it was way past the old man's bedtime. I mean, that's the only thing. That... That's it, right. <laughs> and, and Tom Brady has been not great uh, against the spread and even straight up in those late start games recently. And I, I mean, I think age does actually have something to do with it, joking aside, but you know, it doesn't help when you lose Leonard Fournette and you lose Godwin and you lose Mike Evans. It starts to get a little bit more difficult. Oh, I mean, we'll start there because that's not the, they have problem problems without, with those guys. Godwin is now out for the year, so ouch. Um, news came down, Antonio Brown is returning, to no shock of mine, and he's going to be the guy, I would imagine, at this point. But you lost all your guys, and we know Brady needs to trust people, and you could only throw it Gronk's way so many times without the whole world knowing that that's the only guy in the field you trust. Um, I heard this little nugget today and thought, wow, that's really interesting. And, and since he's been a buck, Brady is like, to no shock of anyone, top of the world in EPA amongst all quarterbacks. You know, he's one or two or three or whatever. I mean, he's elite. When he plays the Saints, his EPA is the same as like Ben and Cam Newton. And like, he's bottom of the league against these guys. He's played them enough, including a playoff game. They are his kryptonite. They are a big physical defensive front. Lattimore traditionally does a great job on Evans, and then you take Evans out of the equation. I'm sure there's a lot of scheming going on, and it's a well-coached defense. The Bucs want nothing to do with the Saints, who obviously now 
have kind of got back in this race. I mean, they're seven and seven. They don't seem scary to me because they don't have any weapons, but they're well coached. They have a defense. Kamara's back. I mean, they could get in the playoffs. They can, yeah. And now they're in the driver's seat at seven and seven. Uh, looking at the conference, just, I'm sorry. Well, like, just think if they get like the six or seven seed, they might go to Tampa in round one. Tampa's probably like, I'd rather play the Rams or Dallas <laughs> right. or the Packers. Anybody but these guys. Yeah, not these guys again. How about this <laughs> right. though? Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Both times they've won a Super Bowl, they were swept during the regular season, zero and two against the New Orleans Saints. Huh? How about that? Nice little nugget there that obviously doesn't matter. There's nobody uh, from the 2002 Buccaneers team that still has anything to do with the <laughs> yeah, say, 2021 Buccaneers. Um, but so last, yeah. so last year they were swept by the Saints. Yeah, yep. And uh, at five and five now with conference record, the Saints now are in pretty good place. If they beat the rest of their NFC opponents, that they will uh, have a tiebreaker too for that seven seed. So in the driver's seat with the Washington, Philly, and um, Minnesota games to come. Those are the other six and seven teams. And so now it's a four-team race, most likely unless the 49ers really falter uh, for that last wild card spot in the NFC. Oh, uh, one more note here, because that defense is so good. You named a lot of guys. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he, he led the, the Saints in tackles. He's just really a, a puzzle piece for the defense that can man up as a corner, play a little safety type of a role. He's really good, um, you know, defended some passes in that game, and is usually all over the place. But the thing he brings a lot of is just talk and trash talk. And uh, we're going to get a, a very... Uh, I think I think a very long-lasting meme out of this with that shot of C.J. Gardner-Johnson where he crosses his arms and he stops in front of Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's looking around like, what the heck, where's the taunting flag or something? Um, I mean, that was an all-timer, and, and he's a great trash talker, and that was really funny to see him step up to, you know, the greatest football player maybe of all time in Tom Brady, uh, and that's going to live forever uh, in the minds of Saints fans. So I just wanted to shout that out. And C.J. Gardner-Johnson was one of my favorites in the draft too, so I've always had a really soft spot for him in my heart I, I like cj gardner johnson i like the way he plays and i like his skill set in today's nfl i know you're not a hockey guy but he's like that dirty in the corners type guy mm-hmm. in front of the net that slashes the opponent and instigates and it, gets your best player in the box and you know your son has a jersey of him but everyone else hates playing yeah, exactly him. <laughs> your team loves <laughs> him and the other teams hate him that's exactly who he is. right Okay, uh, let's get to a few more games here. We'll cover the rest of the Week 15 schedule tomorrow, including both of those Monday night football games. Uh, how about the Panthers and the Bills? Buffalo now at 8-6, and six, and it took them a while to get things going, and they actually uh, used Singletary heavily in this game, surprisingly, and, and they, they handed the ball off in the first half, and uh, they were a pretty, pretty balanced offense, which was uh, what led to their victory here, 31-14 over the Carolina Panthers and for the Panthers you just continue to every week have more questions than answers yeah and again this is one I know very little about to be very honest with you I mean I had a hard time following this one but my early impressions were this they're not really being challenged you know that the Bills kind of had this one from the start this is a good time to work on things you know namely let's get a running back some production um, maybe that's selling the game a little short. Maybe Buffalo was more challenged than that than I originally felt. But I just feel like this Panthers Cam Newton led team is just really, really searching right now and yeah. probably is not going to find the answers. I think it probably 
it bodes well for Joe Brady because it, it, that offense didn't get better after changing offensive coordinators. Sure, you know, sure. it's like you know Cam Newton's not the answer for them, and you got no Christian McCaffrey, and so points are hard to come by for that Panthers offense. And um, you know, after that Devin Singletary touchdown run early in the game, I think it was in the second quarter. Things were tight early. Yeah, there's was, was no score in the first quarter. Second quarter, Devin Singletary touchdown, and kind of the dam broke a little bit for Carolina, and uh, Buffalo put 17 points on him before halftime, and it was pretty much over there and just playing playing D and and run the ball a little bit and uh, Josh Allen making a few throws 19 of 34 three touchdown passes among them did throw an interception but yeah it was just a a pretty easy win for the Buffalo Bills a better team beating a team that's still got some work to do in Carolina I don't think there's even much that needs to be said there except for the Bills you know keeping pace they're they're one game behind those New England Patriots and uh, they would be the seventh seed right now if the season ended today but still a lot to play because there is one two three four five eight and six teams right now in the AFC and they're among them yeah and uh, last thing I wanted to note about the Panthers I didn't want to totally blow them off is I and he's just going to be more of a passing down guy but I've always kind of been an Amir Abdullah fan coming out of college and expected more from him yeah this might be a nice role for him and I know you like to talk about their young defense and Gross Matos had two and a half sacks. They got after Allen a little bit. You know, I mean, it's, it's all not lost. I'm not super worried about the defense at all. It's the offensive no, side of the right, ball that's right. not doing their job and, and leaving the defense out there too much. And Gross Matos is one of my favorites in that draft class just because of his, you know, height, weight, speed numbers and maybe a little bit raw. And uh, it'd be really great for them for him to come on. Uh, as a as a stud edge presence and yeah you're right Abdullah's your your main guy on offense that's not really great you know Chuba Hubbard and, and Abdullah because Abdullah is a journeyman even though I liked him and I thought he was going to be a better presence in the NFL especially as a receiver out of the backfield never been disappointing in his career never really got things going but maybe he found a little home here in Carolina yeah might be a good backup for McCaffrey when McCaffrey gets hurt next right you know? yeah and or if you want <laughs> yeah. to rest McCaffrey a little bit he can come in the come in there and, and do some of those things in the passing game yeah, absolutely. Good, good DA by Gabriel Davis too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are picking him up in fantasy. Is a, you know, is is time to step up. I, I can kind of take or leave him, but it's a good opportunity for him. Cowboys dominated the New York Giants. Our colleague, the host of Locked On Giants, Patricia Traina, is having a tough time covering the Giants right now. Oh, <laughs> she's she's like just uh, more this, more losing. Like can like uh, her, she called this game offensive, not offensive, but <laughs> offensive. Uh, and, and that's where the New York Giants are right now. And there, there's going to be some changes coming in this offseason, obviously. But you know, wh- what are you going to say about this game? The Cowboys are better. They went in on a business trip to New York and beat the Giants twenty-one to six. Yeah, again, there, there's not a ton of takeaways from here. I feel like Dallas wins this game almost every time. They're just several tiers above where the Giants are. Um, Jake Fromm came in and did the little something good, I guess, at the end. I mean, I'm, I'm reaching here. I mean, uh, Sterling Shepard now out for the year. Talk about a guy that can't stay on the field. You know, we talked about Julio McCaffrey and these guys. I mean, that's bad. Um, I, I think the takeaway is the Cowboys' D is – suffocating and fast and star studded and probably is the most improved unit on either side of the ball in the whole league. It's been tough. Not only do you have bad quarterback play for the giants, but they've been just, it's been like almost all but one receiver every week is hurt or has COVID right. or something all, all season or long. Barkley and it's, or, you know, yeah, right. This game, they had a healthy Galladay, but uh Shepard gets hurt. 
Ingram's Tony that's been his play. entire career. Tony was out as you know, and if the quarterback can't get him the ball anyway, it doesn't matter if all of them are healthy. Right, right, and they can't protect, and the line's bad, and they need three new offensive linemen, or at least. Right, you know, they need like, a lot of offensive linemen. They've got some really expensive aging veterans on the defensive side of the ball that they've got to figure out because they don't have a lot of cap space. And if they wanted to go big with a with a quarterback in the offseason, they'd have to find a way to pay for him. Let's say if they found a way to trade for um, Russell, Wilson. Russell Wilson. How do you fit him in? Yeah, you right. got to like start talking about Leonard Williams, and uh, you got to start talking about – Logan Ryan and some, and some players that are veterans that are making a lot of money, then you get worse on the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah, definite work to do for whoever the new GM is in New York this offseason. Yeah, and they moved the ball a little against a good D, but they turned it over four times and three Glennon interceptions. And, like, that sure doesn't help your cause. It absolutely does not. All right, more games to get to on tomorrow's pod. We'll have both Monday night football games, which are now Vikings, Bears, the original, and a 2 p.m. start time for me on the West Coast, that'll be a 5 p.m. start for you, Matt, which is the Raiders at Browns now. And it's looking like Nick Mullins will still get the start. The Browns aren't going to get, you know, despite moving the game, it's not much is going to change. Might as well have played it on Saturday. Uh, Raiders at right. Browns on Monday night. We are We're going... recording this like four hours before kickoff, yeah. and it sounds like John Johnson's really the only thing they got back from the last two or three days. So, yeah, great. Hey, Nick Mullins got some magic. Don't sleep on Nick Mullins now. I'm sleeping the heck on him. Nick Mullins, not even drafted. <laughs> That's a callback to the Locked oh. On 49ers show. Uh, Nick, uh, there's this, there's a New York Giants fan. You got to go find it on YouTube. Any listeners out there, it's worth your time. Uh, there's this, and actually, I retweeted it earlier this morning. I was reminded of it. Last year, the Niners beat the Giants, and uh, Nick Mullins got the start. And there's a, a a YouTuber that's a New York Giants fan, and he just uh, it, it's gold. He's he's very entertaining, and he was as you could tell, so and you would imagine, not happy about losing to Nick Mullins and the 49ers last year. Um, not only Monday Night Football games tomorrow, but we will talk about the rest of the Sunday games we have not gotten to yet, like Jets, Dolphins, Texans, Jaguars. Big draft implications there. Bengals, Broncos, Packers. Ravens, which was a huge one for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, who have now clinched all that coming up tomorrow. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Talk to you then right here, Peacock and Williamson.